The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus' father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The Gospel of the Lord. There's a lot of options today when we celebrate Our Lady of Sorrows. There's even an optional sequence. When we think about the purpose of a sequence, it's, it's really for these, these, high, these high feasts. Like we do a sequence for Easter, do a sequence at some other like critical events, and we think that there's an optional one for Our Lady of Sorrows. Why? Like why are we emphasizing so much the sorrows of Mary. Like, why is this such a big deal? Well, the sequence is the Sabbath Mater. Um, it's like, at the cross her station keeping. You know, it's what we use for stations of the cross. And it, it begs maybe another question of like, why do we highlight these suffering events? So yesterday we did the exaltation of the cross. And like, we exalted in the cross, the crucifixion, the death of Jesus. We exalt that. Today we, we celebrate sorrows. Um, and it's because for everything that's good and for everything that's bad, it shapes us and it forms us and it makes us who we are. Now when we think about the sorrows of Mary, so there's seven. Okay, We have the presentation in the temple, which is partly what we heard in the gospel. We have the flight into Egypt. We have the child being lost in Jerusalem when he's a little bit older. We have Jesus meeting Mary on the way to the crucifixion. We have the crucifixion itself. And then the taking down of the cross and the burial. Those are the seven sorrows of Mary. And, and again, this idea that it all began with a yes, at least in Mary's reality. It all began with a yes. She didn't fully know what she was getting, but she just was able to say to the Lord, yes, I will do this. Even if we go all the way back to the dawning of our creation, right, back to Genesis, Adam and Eve, and the formation of of humankind, there was a sorrow in what happens in the, uh, the fall of Adam and Eve, the, the eating from the tree of wisdom, and then the exile out of uh, the garden. But you know, all of that's redeemed in another yes. All of that's redeemed in the midst of suffering. So it highlights, again, for us, the importance to say that suffering is salvific. Suffering is powerful. The other option for the gospel uh, refers to the scene at the, the cross when Jesus looks at Mary and looks at um, John and says, Behold, your mother. And in a sense, Jesus hands the church over to, to Mary and like the church is birthed out of her in that sense. And again, there's a lot of suffering in that. Like, take care of her, watch over her. 
And then the same thing, like she's, like she's promised to take care and like watch over us. And so in the midst of like a mother's sorrow, right, what, what happens, what good can come of it? Um, it just emphasizes the importance, again, that we don't hide or run or sleek away from difficulties, but instead we, we have to unite them to something. We have to direct them to something. They have to be connected to something bigger. And for us, that bigger is Christ's crucifixion. And in that crucifixion, again, the salvation for our souls. So anything that we go through that's difficult, anything that we go through that's challenging, maybe we like it, maybe we don't like it, more likely than not, we don't like it. But can we unite that suffering and that sorrow to something bigger, something salvific, so that we recognize nothing is without importance?